0: happy hour and the happy hour is up and running because it's the hour when Deirdre Maguire from DeirdreMaguire.com arrives broomstick is parked and she's here
1: (gasps) oh just that was just in just in the corner. That went into the net in the corner. Oh, oh my lord. And there was me gonna be nice to you. You know, I was thinking this morning and uh, this is called Mindset Mastery Monday and I thought, why don't we call it fun with Frank? Because like you, I have had connections from people who 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 talk about my toleration of um of Frank and I thought, let it let it be fun with Frank But now after that, it's frustration with Frank or... Let's have neither.
0: Let's okay. have let's have let's have engagement with Deirdre. <laughs> I, I, I will sit back Delectable Deirdre, Delectable Deirdre, and, Deirdre and on Fong the radio, Frank. yeah, oh, because uh, people did hammer me last week because they said I was like putty in your hand, and I shouldn't have rejected the crunchies you brought me, even though they were four months out of date. All of that shouldn't have happened. Um, I should have pretended to love them, to have eaten them, and actually, in fairness, Aussie boy. Newsreader Colin has eaten all three of them. <laughs> Nothing stops the Aussies from their favourite chocolate. So, what are we talking about today?
1: Well, in answer to that, always be honest. I thank you for your honesty, Frank, because um, when you are honest, um, you are ahead. Okay, even if it, um, even if it is difficult, even if it's a challenge, if you are one of those people out there who can't speak up, you know, I was working with a lady last week, and she was almost on the verge of. Suicide Because for one reason, because she had spent her life not speaking up. And when you don't speak up, it accumulates. So if you're one of those people who's listening to this and you say, you know something, I'm going to speak up. I am going to speak up. That's my new mantra. Anyway, today my topic was kind of like a two part um, because my topic was connection. This is a very important time of the year to focus on that because if we disconnect, we we can die. We can die inside. Connection is a crucial aspect of our mental health and well-being. In times of trouble, we are inclined to withdraw and isolate. Do you ever do that? Would you ever... If you if you had a problem, if you had a problem, Frank, now I know you don't. I know you have no problems. But if you did have something that was really bothering you, would you be apt or prone? Would you speak up about it or would you Go inside and you know internalize it. Would you be more likely to speak about it to someone, or would you not?
0: It would depend if it involved another person. If they, if there was someone annoying me, or someone was the problem, I would, I would deal with it. I would, I would call them out on it. Would, would you? Yeah, yeah, politely and conversationally, and I, I would deal with it. But if I had, a, if I had something on my mind which wasn't anyone else's business, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go around saying, oh. You know, I'm. I've this, and I want to tell you all about it. Uh, you know, I, I I I like to retain. You sound almost
1: disdainful the way you're saying that.
0: What do you mean disdainful in like, in that like, like, context?
1: Like, what, you're saying that, oh, I wouldn't do that because I wouldn't talk about it. But that could be the very thing that sows the seed of that internalization of pain that we're talking about, that causes people that ends up you know, it's like a snowball rolling down a hill if you don't deal with it. So yeah, well, like, okay, what, what, what okay, would you do with that? If there was something that was bothering you, okay, it wasn't a person but it was something, if you were worried Okay, here's the
0: vital difference. I, I, if I had a problem in my mind or a problem about my health or something along the, the Lines. I would go to the professional. I would go to the GP. I would I would say, I'd like to talk to you about this. But I wouldn't go to my, the, the lads in the pub or on social media or to Deirdre Maguire. You know what I mean? I wouldn't. I mean, I, you, would, you, you wouldn't. Well, no, I wouldn't. <laughs> I'm not, not going to
1: bur- so, yeah, burden so,
0: you with whatever is on well, my mind.
1: What you're saying is that if you had a physical problem, you would go to the doctor.
0: Yeah, I would also go to the doctor if I if I was stressed mentally. Would you? Oh, of course I would. Why? Why wouldn't you? Isn't that what a GP's for?
1: Ha, have you ever done that? Actually,
0: well, I've never been stressed. Yes, mentally. yes, that's,
1: that's the question. No, you haven't. You've never felt stressed. So, well, at least you would take action. At least you would speak to another human being. Oh, no, I would certainly advise anyone. Or, yeah. yeah.
0: If you, but this is very important. If you are at this moment in time coping with some form of mental stress, you yeah. should go to a professional. This yeah. is the point I'm making. It may be it may be a counsellor at a at a at some form of facility that helps people with mental illness, I'm not saying it has to be the GP, but it should be. In my opinion, it should be a professional. Go and speak to someone who knows what you're talking about. Don't talk to your mates about it.
1: Well, that could be the first step. If you if you you know just take the first next step. That's what I would say. Speak to someone. Connection is a. I, where's my? Um, you
0: yeah. could of course say to your mates, "I feel stressed" or "I feel unhappy." Yes. You know, yes. you can have that conversation, but the. In. How do I put this? The inner workings of your thought process, your personal life, your personal beliefs, your, 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 your inner person. You shouldn't be exposing that to every Tom, Dick and Harriet. That, that would be my opinion.
1: Yes. Yeah, so what you're talking about is healthy boundaries. Correct.
0: That's a brilliant way of putting it. Mm-hmm.
1: So you're talking about healthy boundaries, and yes, we need those so that we can navigate our way through life. The other, but what we're actually talking about today is actually speaking up a connection. A study conducted in 2018 by scientists from University College London suggests that total isolation which can be mental in our head when we stop speaking, can increase the chances of premature death by up to 50%. And those who... We're lonely, we're more vulnerable to viruses and disease as a result of lowered immune system. So it's so, connection is so, so important. However you do it, make a conscious decision to speak to someone. And if you are that happy-go-lucky person that you are blessed to be, Frank, and a great value in the world... You, your job is to connect with other people. If you find that easy to do, which you're actually doing, um, if you find that easy to do, then be the leader. You know, some people are leaders and some people are followers. If you are the leader in that aspect of your life, speak up and connect with other people. Um, social connection can boost your mood and ma- so that you manage your emotions. But you see, digitally, you see with the old phone, you know, there is actually an increase in loneliness. You know, we're now celebrating things with a heart emoji and a thumbs up. You know, I, this happened to me a few weeks ago where I realized I was connecting on the phone with my nephew and that I felt like I was connected to him, but I hadn't, hadn't actually seen him in, like, two months. So I made the conscious decision to go and physically connect with him. So there's a danger of that, that we... It looks like we're more connected because we're watching each other and we see each other, what's going on. But actually, if you turned it off and went and connected with someone, that's so important. So... Um, this also applies to your primary relationship, are you in one or are you avoiding one Um, how connected physically sexually, spiritually and emotionally are you these are all aspects of your life and they are all important, not one is more important than the other, it's very important to understand that Um, and ask yourself there are
0: some people who aren't going to have any connection just by by life, they they won't won't be able to tick off that, that list you went through they may have connection with the carer that calls to see mm-hmm, them. That mm-hmm. might be the only connection they have. Mm-hmm. They might be a person who's so busy working that they see a lot of people but they don't have a connection with anyone. They're bulldozing, bulldozing over the top of everyone. So yeah. it's, it's not that easy just to go down that
1: tick list. But it is very important to raise awareness around it. And that's what mm, we're doing. Mm. So what we're doing is if this is you and you're bulldozing your way through work, but you you lack that personal intimate connection, start to look at that. You heard this today and you say, oh, yeah, I'm going to do that. What they're saying is right. And I am going to do something to take action on that aspect of my life. We are only as balanced as the part of our lives we look at least. So if your bank balance is way up and everything's healthy, but you, you, you're you starved of intimate connection, then your life's not balanced. If you are financially poor, but your connection with people is good, let's look at your finances, see what you can do, how can you get creative to bring more money into your life focus on that and take action on it. You know, complaining about it is not taking action. Um, Addressing it and getting creative, using your higher mental faculties, your imagination to, to see what you can do about that aspect of your life. So ask yourself the question, how am I actively connecting with others in my life on a daily basis? You know, are there people in your work that you you never speak to. Is there someone in your office and, well, I don't actually speak to that person. Maybe you could go and speak to that person. I do this consciously when I go to the gym. That's where I meet in my community and I will see someone new coming into the gym. And it's very easy to just not bother speaking to them. But I will make a conscious effort to go over to them and say, um, I'm Deirdre, what's your name? You're very welcome, great to see you here. Something like that, that just connects with people and and the joy of that is, you know the payoff in it is that po- both people win, the person you've connected with wins, but you have a sense of well-being and if you're someone who is struggling do that speak to someone else and watch how you start to feel better okay so the benefits to social connection include boosting your mood reducing stress and improving your self-esteem so when you do that you have a sense of increased fulfillment you are upping your endorphins
0: you could do that with chocolate
1: that's not a healthy way to do. It.
0: I know we've had you this conversation. Have,
1: you could have a wee bit of a wee bit of chocolate. Yes, I had chocolate at the weekend. You have a wee bit of chocolate, but when you're using something like that to increase the endorphins, then it's out of control. When you, when you're doing it all the time, you're only as balanced as the part of your life you're looking at least. Certainly, have some chocolate. I enjoy my chocolate at the weekend, but I don't eat. Overeat. I used to overeat on it, but I don't do that now because I've looked at the emotional aspect of my life. You know you know finding a way to connect that fits your unique lifestyle is important. You know, some people don't like being in a crowd and that's okay. So if you're more a one to one person Do that. Do that in some way. Find a way to do it. But should
0: you feel guilty if you're getting your lift from something that long-term isn't of benefit to you? you For example, the chocolate.
1: Well, you should never feel guilty, Frank. Never. But see,
0: this is is where you and I disagree. Guilt is
1: toxic. It's poisonous.
0: Yeah, but we've had this conversation before. Our mindset is right and wrong. Guilt and... guilt and and what's the opposite to guilt, guilt and honest endeavour
1: yeah, so I suggest you have been conditioned to think like that I suggest you have been culturally conditioned and we all know how many ways we're doing it um, we have been culturally conditioned. If you look at um, a, a two-year-old, a two-year-old doesn't feel any shame or guilt unless they have been guilted already, you know. And the best way to control someone is to shame them and guilt them.
0: So, But if we don't have a sense of guilt, does that not mean that we will be the bulldozer? We will just plough over the top of everyone because we have... No thought for fellow man or woman. Well,
1: there, there's a thing called healthy shame. You know, there's a thing. If if I lost my temper with you and shouted and said something nasty, and I would "Oh God, I shouldn't have said that," and I go back and apologise, I apologise for my behaviour. I didn't intentionally hurt you. I'm, you know, I've had a bad day, and I just said something I shouldn't have said, and I'm sorry. Now that is healthy shame. But when you have healthy shame, you can deal with it. Like, like I just explained, and you can actually do that. I know how to do that now. If I, I do, I say things that I shouldn't say, or I do something that I'd rather I hadn't have done. I can go back and apologise and say, I apologise for that. That was one of the biggest gifts that I ever learned, or, or not a gift, it's a talent, or not a, it's a skill. A skill that I learned is how to say, I apologise. I'm sorry. You know, there are a lot of people who can't do that. They can't do it because they can't be wrong. Because fundamentally inside, they believe they are wrong. But when you can apologize for something you did, that's healthy shame. The other one is toxic shame, toxic guilt, where you're poisoned with toxic guilt of limiting beliefs and feeling bad about yourself. You're amazing. You're incredible. You're life. You are life You are life. That is a miracle. That is a gift. So own that. Maybe I do this all the time. I'll say to people, you may never have heard that before. You know, I was working with a 19 year old last week and she she was using cocaine. She'd actually got to the point where she was actually using cocaine to anesthetize herself because she fundamentally did not know her own value. And, and that's what my work is about, is about bringing your value into alignment with who you really are. You may never have been told it. In fact, you may have been told the opposite. So there's a part of work which is about, you know, raising our children to believe in themselves. And then there's the other part of the work, which is undoing what was done to us older ones. Okay. So remember the most Important, You know, you could begin by reaching out to an old friend. Consider volunteering. Helping others is a rewarding way to build friendships and connect with others. Join a local group like a, a book club or a hiking group. But remember, the most important relationship is the one you have with yourself. It is the foundation. That's what we're talking about. You know, if you do feel that old guilty thing, drop it. Get rid of it. You're amazing. You're incredible. You're beautiful. You're absolutely
0: yeah, you're you're smiling now because you brought in a picture fit of how how I would look if I was perfect. And this is the body of David Beckham. He's wearing a David Beckham suit. He's standing in front of goalposts like as if I'm the football manager that I spoke about last yep. week and yep. it's my head on the picture. And this is my goal to have it all. You know, which I don't believe is possible. We've we've had this conversation. No, so, so,
1: stop. It. Yeah, I don't but, believe it's possible to have whatever I want. Well you absolutely if you if you stay there you'll 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 negate the rest of your life.
0: Okay, but you touched on a very important point there about a two-year-old, where a two-year-old is shamed or Mm -hmm. made to understand guilt. That's called discipline. You've got to... No, no. You've got to nurture two-year-olds. I I was in mass yesterday morning, and I saw actually a a woman I know, Yes, a woman I know away across the church, who I hadn't seen for a long time, Mm -hmm. and she had two children with her. The children were aged five and two. And one of the things I was thinking about going home was how well behaved those children were. Now, the little boy had a, a handheld gadget of some sort and he wasn't paying much attention to the mass, but he was he was scrolling, and he was so well behaved. The little girl was a little bit a little bit restless in and out of mommy 's arms, but you know was so sweet. she never raised her voice or squawked <sighs> or cried. She was so well behaved now that doesn 't come naturally That's, that that, that 's chi- right. that child has been well brought up those two children have been well brought up that they're coming into a public place and they're not causing any bother other than what would be understandable from a child where it gets a bit restless and all children will get restless. But there's something about those two children. It was the fact that I knew the woman. I didn't even get a chance to speak to her but I felt like congratulating her. I hadn't seen her for young. She's a young woman. And I thought those are brilliant kids. Now you know there, there's some, there must be some, so what some element. So what made them? What some, made there it? must be some element of discipline. Property discipline. I'm not talking about shouting at children or doing anything from the, the, the bygone ages. Something about nurturing those children, that there are boundaries. And when they were in that public place that was the church, they were really a credit to her. I, they really were a credit to her. So,
1: so what we're actually talking about is polarities, you know, one extreme and the other. And what we want is something in the middle. And yes, we need to know everybody needs to drive on the left-hand side of the road so that we can drive about. People, we do need rules, we do need uh, certain ways of behaviour that's socially acceptable, but the danger, the danger of it is if we don't have a full awareness of what... I was working with a woman during the week and she, um, her father had... um, She crashed into her sister's bike and her father had... uh, Taken down her pants and smacked her on the backside.
0: When she was a child.
1: When she was a child. And that is not acceptable. Of course because it's not. So so that... that, that when, when, is, when, when What era was this? This is, was probably about 60 years ago. 60?
0: Yes. Well, it was never acceptable, but it happened
1: 60 years but ago. But she's still carrying it. Yeah, you see this is what it's the snowball rolling down the hill. Yeah. That child was shamed then and then it builds that fundamentally at that moment that child believes I've done something I've done something wrong more than that there's something wrong with me. Yeah,
0: but there's also and, something wrong with a father who would do that. about absolutely the wrong thing to do 60 years ago, 100 years ago or 6 years ago.
1: So, so nothing so, like that ever happened to you. Of course not. That's so interesting. That's why you are the way you are. Because nothing like that ever happened to you. And I know there are a lot of people listening on the radio going, I remember that. And then there'll be people who say, I remember that and it didn't do me any harm. And I will I will challenge you on that because it I can... got the
0: cane. But I didn't get my trousers pulled down, my bare backside slapped. Okay. But I got the cane at school. Mm-hmm. You know, I got the cane. And I, I you know, hold out your hand. And he held it out, and then he aimed with the cane to the tips of the fingers, just the tips, so he would touch... So you remember that? Hold on, I'm going to give you a running commentary here. He would touch the tips of my outstretched fingers with the cane, rise it up, the cane raised up, then he would come down really slowly and touch the fingers again, just gentle touch, just a little touch, and up one more time, and then the swoosh! And at that last second, you pushed your hand in slightly. So you didn't get it where he was aiming for. Yeah. You got it across the middle of your hand, which is less painful. And then he would check to see where the mark was and say, Again, boy. And... <laughs>
1: frank you are probably we're probably traumatizing people who are driving and there're probably people <laughs> crashing into ditches at the minute it's all over now for those of you who may have been traumatized by this and this will trigger that's what happens yeah. it triggers the mind and then they go back into it yeah. and what it's all over now it's not happening now it's a beautiful sunny day and we're sitting here laughing because what you actually do you bring the person out of that
0: yeah but and it didn't actually do me any harm that I, that I, is I'm, so interesting i'm not going back to detest the guy who did it i you know at the time corporal punishment was around he was a bit of an entertainer during the corporal punishment some of the other ones just went whoosh, whoosh, you know and that was it over you know you back to lessons you know if you weren't if you weren't the one being hit that day you got 15 or 20 minutes
1: out of him so if that if you, executing someone if you, else if you were watching lo- that happening to Laura now your daughter, how would you feel about it? Oh,
0: for goodness' sake! Like I was at the on the if threshold you, of when I joined the teaching uh-huh. profession, I was joining at a time when corporal punishment was now being done away with. Yeah. I would never have used a cane, never in a million years would I've used it. But this was back in the nineteen seventies. This was it was unacceptable. It shouldn't have happened. It was draconian. All of that, but. Were there times when I sat in the classroom and instead of doing the lessons, had an opportunity to watch a couple of guys getting... Done at the front of the room. Oh it, dear, it, dear, it dear, up, dear. It, if
1: anybody else's. That, no, but it that, took would, that took would actually traumatise me listening to them.
0: It took up 10 minutes, you know, and you, it was 10 minutes. Oh, oh dear. You know, you certainly weren't going oh, to leave mercy, during it
1: At the mercy of these poor individuals, you sat and thought, well, at least that takes 10 minutes and it wasn't me. It mm, speaks volumes, Francis. Well, it, it speaks volumes. It was a bit like
0: watching a public <laughs> execution. I couldn't do that. And I'm completely against capital punishment and would not under any circumstances go to watch that. So The point is that I'm making, as a kid, watching it as a 14-year-old or 13-year-old, someone else getting a couple of... (laughs) And seeing whether or not the person doling out the cane got the tips of his fingers or the middle of his hand or whether he had to do the tips of the fingers again because he missed them
1: Frank, was enter- you're traumatising the country it? <laughs> there's people but, that would be listening to that, but the way I actually traumatising me at this the point way, the way I
0: handled it was, it was like a form of entertainment so now it hasn't affected me
1: Yeah. so what you did was you processed that information in a way that served you and that's, it's not what happens, it's how we do what happens. And, and it was
0: brutal and it was wrong and it's to be Damned.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, Correct. totally and the reason I, I, I specific, specifically said if it happened to Laura, what would you say it was to bring your mind to someone you care about and then it would start to activate your emotions and you would say, okay, it was okay it happened to them because they're anonymous, it doesn't mean anything to me, but if I said if it was happening to Laura, that would be a different thing, you would start to think differently, you would start to feel, you would activate the emotions that are S- slightly buried, I suggest. Yes, but back s- there.
0: having said all of that, mm-hmm. of course I would object to my daughter being disciplined like that. As for back in the 1970s, they. The, the attitude was not you know. I never went home and said to my parents oh I got the cane today you certainly weren't going to say that because then they would say well, what did you do it wasn't, it wasn't you get it again the, well oh, no my parents, I, my parents never yes, never hit me but yes. the, the point is I would I, if I had gone home and said I got the cane today I'd have opened a whole can of worms as to some form of misbehaviour so why was I going to talk about that so yeah. children didn't go home and say they got hit and that yeah. maybe was part of the problem so the, those, those who those who would have gone home may have got disciplined again for being disciplined in school because... The, par- the parental attitude of the 60s and 70s would have been to support the school for corporal punishment, Wh- whereas the mindset of the time should not have allowed that. The government of the time should not have allowed it. Mm-hmm. Parents should not have allowed it. Teachers should not have allowed it. But you can't blame the 13-year-old child for dealing with it by seeing it as a form of entertainment while someone else is getting I'm it.
1: Not, no, I'm not blaming anyone. I'm just observing with curiosity the, uh, the way you process process information and the way you handle it and you handle that to serve you and that's great. But someone else could have been watching that and it would have had a totally different effect on them. And what we're doing is, is raising awareness around it so that you understand how your mind works, learn more about it if this interests you, find out more about it and you too can have an amazing life. You can set your goal, get crystal clear on it, be the manager of whatever football team you want to be or lose that stone that you said you were going to lose by the 31st of March. That's what that um, uh, picture is about. Anyway, it's always a pleasure to speak to you, Frank.
0: Gerdy Dirty McGuire, gerdymcguire.com. Dirty Thank you very much. And if I can have a body like David Beckham by the 31st of March, as I said was my aim last week, I will do my very best. This is U105. You-